Welcome to decaf on a Thursday morning that it's kind of dark in my house, but it's blue sky outside. Mark, what is it? Blue sky outside. I haven't been outside today. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice outside. Oh. Hot, but I mean, it look, I hate when it's really hot up and it looks nice. It's like, oh man, I want to go sit outside of my deck. And you're like, it's, I sweat immediately when I get outside. That's exactly what happened to me yesterday. I, one of my friends from Michigan called and I was really excited to talk to her. And so I just put in my AirPods and started walking. I made it one loop around my neighborhood and I could not breathe. It was so hot. I, I, I'm sick of this. I want it to be I'm fun. done with summer. We need to get rid of summer as a holiday. Like, I mean, not as a holiday as a season. Like, I'm just done with it. Like, I wish we could start kind of, you know, mid-September and go through like, you know, April. Yeah. Hey, God, if you could just cut out summer. That is the benefit of like, if you live, now there's negatives, but if you live in a place like San Diego, like there's never really a summer. It's always kind of in the but 70s. there's also never a winter. And yeah, I, love never, no, I know. And that's, that's the downfall. And there's not like cool, like leaves turning colors and everything. But. Colorado would be ideal. Colorado would be good. And I Very like the mild. Color. Yeah. And then you still get the snow. That's right. Which I like. Um, you know, where is not a good place to live these days? Kentucky. And we found that in our report. For, for a lot of reasons, but yeah. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But specifically, we did a report. We kind of teased it a little last week. We teased it, we teased it a lot, actually. That started this, this report started off as us being really ticked off that Kentucky's governor said that Tennessee was doing a crappy job managing the COVID pandemic with all with the lack of rules and regs and things like that. And we kind of clapped back a little bit and said, well, we're managing lives and livelihoods and you're just locking down and being concerned about lives, whereas people are going to have to have lives when they get back in business. And he just didn't seem to care. And so we started looking at the numbers starting last, what was it, Mark, last April, last March? That sounds right. Last spring started keeping track of the numbers of employment and workforce participation and things like that in states like Michigan and Kentucky that locked down really strictly compared to states like Georgia and Tennessee that didn't lock down as strictly. And what we found was really interesting that the health outcomes weren't much different, but the economic outcomes were vastly different. And I think there's, you know, someone needed to say it and someone needed to have the data to back it up. And I'm really glad we did. Yeah. So, it, and it, it measured also Georgia and Michigan, which is kind of like Georgia is very similar to us where they didn't really shut down for very long at all. And they kind of did the same thing. And Michigan was even worse than Kentucky where they basically shut everything down. Yes. Um, so the point was that, yeah, I think Ron just wanted to kind of see it and, and get all the research, it's all publicly available research, mm -hmm. what the health outcomes look like and what the economy looked like. And basically what the, there was two big outcomes on the health side. Um, the cases were almost the same in all four of them. They, they were negligible differences in the amount of cases, which is the only thing that actually matters when you're talking about shutdown. So the deaths is kind of not as relevant. I mean, it's, it's sad, but it's not related to the shutdown because that, that has to do more with, you know, the, the um, age of your population, you know, sure. rates, things like that. Um, Just but, like COVID but, transmission rates are what yeah, matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what we found was that even if you count deaths, that there was just there was no correlation at all. The, the Michigan had the most deaths, even though they had the biggest shutdown, right. and Kentucky had the least amount of deaths. So it just it, it was great that we really focused on the lives part to see, okay, how many lives did this save? You know, and and or not how many lives did it save, but how many people did not get COVID because of these policies? And the answer is pretty much none. Pretty but <laughs> if you look at the numbers. I know Kentucky has like, I think it was four times as many people stop looking for jobs in Kentucky than in Tennessee, that the economic yes. impact is so drastic. I think Kentucky lost 3.2 times more jobs than Kentucky did. Um, I'm sorry, the other way around. Kentucky yeah. lost 3.2 times more jobs than Kentucky. In Tennessee did. 
Yes, gosh, I'm, I'm out on it today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's very important. We can attach it, but Ron did a great job because I feel like we talked about this so long. And I think a lot of people on the right have said, you know, like, I don't think these shutdowns actually are doing anything other than shutting businesses down. So right. to say, hey, here's the numbers. We actually have this. It's not just kind of, you know, some conspiracy right-wing talking point. In these four states, which we measured apples to apples, there was no difference in cases, but there was a hell of a lot of difference in economic outcomes. And we need to remember, when we say economic outcomes, we're not just talking about you know the stock market economy. We're talking about small businesses that have lost, have gone out of business. We're talking about people who have lost jobs who cannot get another job. So it's not a, like even we saw some of the media coverage, like, well, we're not sure the long-term effects are, and there might not be any long-term effects to employment. Yeah, that might be true, but guess what? There is a long-term effect for that business that went out of business that will never go back in business again, right? Yes. There is long-term effect for these individual people and families who have been hurt so badly because of these shutdowns that didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this is about. And, and we had this, um, the Delta variant, which is becoming a bigger deal. And we're starting to see shutdowns of some cities and, and mass mandates. Um, but we can see what works. So as this comes out, we have a roadmap. Ron Gatherer, don't shut places down. That's the roadmap. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty simple. And, you know, Mark and I had a lot of grace. If you go back and look at some of our early podcasts, we had a lot of grace of we have no idea what's going on. So let's be safe. But then once we started to know what was going on and it wasn't a safety thing, things like Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, we were like, hey, girl, you're not doing the right thing. And that was you I didn't have... call her girl, just to be clear. That was okay. well, that was <laughs> just <laughs> Anyway, um, we're like, you're not, you're not doing the right thing. And then now we have the numbers to back it up. And I was actually joking around with a friend who works on Capitol Hill yesterday. And I asked her um, if she has any contact with Rand Paul's office because he's from Kentucky. And uh, she, she, we we're just talking about the report and how the Kentucky, how she thought the Kentucky delegation was perceiving how Kentucky was handling things, even though they're in Washington. And I, I just told her that I love when we come out with reports like this, because I go out and talk to people about the numbers and sometimes things that I say are slightly unpopular. And then I'm like, Ron, if you could just bring in the numbers, please. And I love when we have like a report, like hard numbers where I can, I'm going out and talking to people. And then I'm like, and if you didn't believe me, bring in the numbers. And so we've got infographics that we're posting on our page. We've got um, a video of Ron and I that came out late yesterday afternoon. Um, the report itself is at beacontn.org. It's the first thing that pops up. You can't miss it. So if you haven't believed us this whole time that shutdowns do not work, um, go, go check out, go check out those numbers and, uh, and then come back and talk to us. Um, Another thing that's happening that's coming out soon that we're really excited about is Mark's time in the spotlight. Uh, he has talked about corporate welfare until it's annoyed even me. And someone finally asked him to talk about it public. Like they asked him to talk about it. Like he talks about it just because he likes it or hates it. <laughs> well, I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about it because he hates it. But someone finally asked him to talk about it. Mark, congratulations. Thank you. I mean, it, it, it's not really about me. It's about kind of this, this <laughs> issue and what Beacon has talked about. But there's going to be a, a documentary that, that comes out August 28th, and it's going to be on kind of uh, public television. So some markets will get it, some will not. I think right now it's going to be in Cookville and Memphis on their nice. local PBS affiliates. Um, but it's a, it's a nationwide thing, but it, it was uh, from the Free to Choose Network and John Allison, the former head of, of Cato is also in it, but it just, it's kind of showing the stories of corporate welfare and where, you know, they hurt, why they're basically not capitalism, why they hurt the very people that they're intended to help. 
Um, and we showed our example, which we did a documentary years ago before yes. you moved on board, I think, yes. uh, of, of Ikea in Memphis. And that was the story they used. So they used Ikea and a bunch of money from the city mm -hmm. of Memphis. And they interviewed some of the people in our documentary who were local furniture store owners to say, this is so unfair. And, and, and we have an issue with corporate welfare generally, but I think the retail oh, okay. example is much worse than some of the other ones because you're honestly making people who you're, you're basically putting small businesses to give money to their competitors to help put themselves out of business. So it's a really strident example of what capitalism is not. And right. the left, and I mean, I think part of it is because they're uneducated in some ways and part of it's because they, they just don't quite understand it, but they will say, this is what, this is the, these are the negative things of capitalism. So it's our job to say, no, this is the exact opposite of capital. This is government intervention. So, yes. so, but it's important because most of the people from the left, and a lot of them are my friends who are smart people. They just don't agree with me. But when they they say all these bad things about capitalism, like I agree with you on those bad things. It's just not capitalism. So it's our job to really point that out because otherwise our brand is tarnished. Capitalism is a great, the greatest economic system of all yeah. time. It is something that has lifted more people out of poverty than any other system by a mile. And it's a, and the fact that we're tarnishing it with these ideas of the government actually getting involved with the market. It's like, no, that's, that's exactly the opposite. That is what that's government intervention in the market. So I think it's a, it's an important point. And you have to tell the stories about the people who are really hurt by it. Because it's great when the local governments and the state government, they have this ribbon cutting ceremony and all the newspapers talk about all these new jobs created, uh, but they don't focus on the current and people there who are paying higher taxes because these new companies are coming in there. And we want all the competition in the world. We, we want Amazon here. We want all these places to come. We just don't think they should get advantages over their competitors. We don't yeah. think the government should work together with big businesses to hurt small businesses. It's not That's not the role of government. So- Long story short, uh, or I guess short story long in this case, um, it's a it's a great documentary that shows some of the real negative effects of it from kind of a free market perspective. I like what you said about we want you to come here. We just don't want you to pay for it. I think I've realized in my late 20s that my political views can be summed up by this statement. Do whatever you want to do. Just don't ask me to pay for it. And, I, you know, my friends will ask me, well, but what are you like? They'll act, like they want to know like a party or like an ideology. Nope. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I thought you're I thought it was like, I, I thought you were asking me for my answer so you thought it was like mad libs <laughs> um I they'll they'll ask me what are you and I'm like I don't really know what I am specifically all I know is that I believe you can you should be able to do whatever you want to do just don't ask me to pay for it I, I really the reason you don't know what to believe in specifically is because I think you know that that there's this idea that the Republican Party is, but a, a lot of them have done these things that we don't agree with, right? right? Even though, yeah, maybe in general the Republican Party is better than, especially when you come to like fiscal issues. But when you talk about corporate welfare, I mean that's a that's a Republican issue, right? These, these are a lot of Republicans are the ones doing it, and somehow AOC is on our side. So it's like and, and Rand Paul, which I'm I'm happy about, but like, but it's it's just one of those things that, and I actually wrote an op-ed about it, which might be published in the Federalist. We'll see they're reviewing it right now, but about like how the reason the capitalism that it has such a negative connotation is because some of the things that Republicans have done that they say is capitalism or that these people are very capitalist and it's the opposite. So it's important that we stay where we stand and when the parties are not consistent, that's what Beacon does. We need to be consistent when the parties are not. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Let's get that printed on t-shirt or bumper sticker. <laughs> let's get one for everybody. Um, I love that. I think that's awesome. Um, let's talk, let's keep talking about things throughout the state. Mark and I were just chatting before we hopped on here that, we, uh, there are so many great places to eat. I'm, I'm currently planning my birthday. I turned 30 in a month and I was just talking to a friend this morning about planning where we're going to go have dinner. 
And I was thinking about like where I went last year and what I want to do. And there are just so many places out, even outside of Nashville that we're just obsessed with. I mean, mom and I went to Chattanooga recently and I took her to a place like we, there are so many places that are so good in Tennessee that we are spoiled and we are lucky. And one of the great things about Tennessee is it doesn't, where we live in Nashville, it doesn't take that long to get places. Like when I lived in Birmingham, it took four and a half hours to get to Mobile. I never went to Mobile. I never got to enjoy it. But here it's like three-ish hours to Knoxville, three-ish to Memphis, two to Chattanooga. Like there are places you can go even just for a day trip or a weekend that I couldn't do the last place I lived. And so Mark, let's, let's start with, let's start with Nashville. What's your favorite in Nashville? And and to me and you have also, I mean, for being, we travel the state a lot. So, I mean, we've been to a lot of places. We're just going to talk about kind of the places that we've been that we really like food wise, kind of across the state. Cause I I think it's, we want to kind of do a best of series kind of featuring some of the places that we like, maybe not best of, but best of Mark and Taylor. That we've liked across the- Best uh, of our highly esteemed opinions. Yes. Yes. We we liked across the state, but I mean, I I think that the easy answer for for Nashville, and you're going to agree with me, but I mean, peg leg porker is is clearly kind of the go-to best ribs, I've ever had in my whole life. Um, great place. We've interviewed the owner. We've had one over caffeinated. It's been excellent. So we're really excited uh, to go there. But no, it's, I mean, that that's a, a great place. And I think you probably have, have more of a bougie. What, what's your place that you go to in Nashville? My favorite is called Lou. It's in East Nashville. And I, I, I haven't even heard of that place. I feel like every new restaurant that happens, Taylor says that somebody should go there within like a week of it opening. Like, I don't even know what, I've never even heard of that place. Okay. To be fair, it's not that new. I went last year for my birthday and I've been, I've been it's a bunch probably of probably the last three years. I guarantee yes. it. Okay. But it's really great. Actually. <laughs> was chatting I had brunch there recently ish and was chatting with the owner and there was this like breakfast wine and I was like what is a breakfast wine he was telling us the story about how he and his wife went to Paris did all of these culinary classes came back and opened this restaurant so it's very French inspired they have all these great wines it really it, it I would have to say it is currently my absolute favorite place I'm thinking about going there for my birthday again this year I like love it so much so that's my that's my national recommendation always Okay, so that's so that's and, and we're just going to pick some other places, right? We don't have to be as specific, but across the state that we really like. So I'm going to start my one one of the most underrated places I think is um, so Main Street Pizza in Johnson City. It's a very underrated place. They have excellent pizza. They have a jukebox, which I just nailed Nickelback last night. Mark loves the jukebox. Oh man! And by myself, I was eating lunch by myself like two. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Nickelback and Daughtry in the jukebox. And I did the whole Kitmore album. It was great. I'm but embarrassed. Main Street Pizza in Johnson City is, is a great one. Um, Stock and Barrel in Knoxville. Just, I mean, an obvious, incredible burgers. Great atmosphere. Great beers. A great place to watch a game. They make their buns there. I did they- know that. Yeah. And, 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 they, and they use Benin's bacon, too, which is so oh, classic. That's what Lou serves, Benin's bacon. Oh, do they? Okay, so maybe I will try then. Yeah. Stock and Barrel is incredible. Like, the best burger in, in the state, I think. And they just came to Nashville, too. There's one across from, actually, Peg Lake Porker. So that yes. area, you can get the best burger in Nashville and probably and the best ribs, too. They have one. They have a burger. I actually went there recently with goat cheese and jalapeno pepper jelly on it. It's like, it is so, so, so good. My stomach was hurting so bad afterwards because I ate it very <laughs> fast, but it was really good. Also in Knoxville, um, Babalu is a place that opened in Birmingham for a while. It's closed now. The Birmingham location is closed, but I loved it when I lived in Birmingham because they have like tapas and great margaritas and little tacos and stuff. I took Mark there one time and I'm pretty sure he got beer. Oh, that was the place with the taco. Okay. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah. You got chorizo, queso, potatoes, and beer. I I like the chorizo queso. That was really good. I do remember that. Yeah. You loved that. Okay. Memphis. I think we both agree. 
Maybe. What's your Memphis? Central Barbecue. Oh, so that's not my number one in Memphis. I, no, okay. so- now I will say I don't like this is a, this is really a hot take. I don't like a lot of the Nashville barbecue places. Like I don't really like Martin's. I don't, I don't like Edley's. What? I don't like Edley's. I don't like Edley's. I don't like any of that. And so anytime I would have to go to Memphis for work, I could go anywhere that I could get like a martini or anything. No, I went to the, I went and sat at Central Barbecue at the bar, small nachos, collard greens, beer. Like that is my go-to at all times. Yeah, I, Central's really good. Um, I so I'm gonna say one that's gonna be popular. Like Cozy Corner is my favorite one. I mean, they have they they have oh. the best they have the best barbecue in the city. I think most Memphians would, would say that. But the one that I really like, which I don't think is as popular, but when I talked to Braden about it, um, but Corky's, the original Corky's is there, which is different than the other ones. And they and it's right it's right off Beale, and they have just excellent, I mean, excellent ribs. It's the same way that like um Uno Pizzeria, like the original Chicago one's different than the rest of the chains, like they have the deep dish, sure. but Corky's is wonderful. I mean They're it's chicken fingers. They what have the best chicken fingers I've ever had. I will yeah. say that. They're so good. Have you been to the original one in Memphis? No. I'm sure the chicken fingers are no different. You should try it because it, it's, it's right <laughs> off the deal. It's very good. And then the other one, which is like, it's like a tourist trap, but like the rendezvous is still good. I mean, like it's a it's a good place to go. I love the atmosphere. Sure. I get that the ribs might be a little bit overrated based on kind of a tourist trap, but they're really good still. Where did we go that one day? It was like in the afternoon and we wanted a beer. Flying Saucer. Flying sauce is great. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, no, not, I mean, the food's okay, but it's a it's great not food. food. But yeah. it was just like, it was, it's fun to see all the different beers. And then a few years ago in Chattanooga, I don't want to leave out Chattanooga because it's closest to my, to my home. But um, we, I went with some friends and we went to Flying Squirrel. Have you ever heard of that? I have. Yeah. The building itself is like really trippy and cool. And I loved it. I thought it was so much, such a fun vibe, really good food. Um, smaller plates, if I remember correctly, than like probably somewhere that you would want to go, but I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of great places in Chattanooga too. That one's a tough one to pick. The boathouse is a really cool. I don't know if you've been there, but it's like cool. It's like a, it reminds you of like a shore restaurant. So it's, it's a seafood place, but it's like elevated. It's on the water. And of course it's like gross water, but still it's water. Sure. Um, and it's, and it's got like a nice outdoor section. A lot of, it's very crowded, a lot of good food. Um, when I was emotionally scarred from seeing that movie Midsummer, not knowing what it was about. Okay, Midsummer, uh, I will never watch it. Oh, don't. It, it was, it was the most, the most messed up scarring yeah. movie I've ever seen. Yeah. But I saw it not knowing. I was like, oh, it's probably just a cool horror movie. And afterwards, I was like, I can't talk. I went to the boathouse and it made me feel so much better after that. Um, that I can't imagine. Um, I will say I'm going to settle one argument about Chattanooga for anyone yeah. who wants my opinion, which is probably no one. Um, there are two kind of camps of the best ice cream in Chattanooga. It, oh. I think it's called like Clumpies and then Ice Cream Show. Ice Cream Show is so much better. And if you're in Chattanooga and you're listening to this, then back me up. Ice Cream Show is like, it's like soft serve and you can mix in all these different toppings. I always get vanilla soft serve with Andy's mints, Reese's, um, Oreos. There's like a few things that you can mix it, like toffee that's like so good. Clumpies is more like the traditional, like Jenny's scoop ice cream and their ice creams are good. But man, I love making my own little like mix in. Like I'm like a kid, like put the sprinkles on it, do the whole thing. I didn't know there was like a, a gang war of ice cream there. I, I, I didn't know that. I, I've never actually had ice cream in Chattanooga, so I didn't know. So that this was a, big thing. a lot of my friends grew up going to camp in North Alabama. And when the counselors have a night off, they always go up to Chattanooga because there's nothing to do in North Alabama in that corner. Alabama. Always go to Chattanooga. Watch it. They, they go to Chattanooga for the night. And I used to go meet them because it was close. 
And um, they would always talk about the ice cream war. Are you getting ice cream show? Or are you getting clumpies? So it's ice cream show for me. Well, that, that, that's good to know. So I think that we'll talk about everything else next week. I mean, we've already gone about 40 minutes, um, but we're going to talk, I think next week we're going to talk about the coolest places for us to hang out in these different places. So like for me, me, me and Taylor are different places. I like to hang out in bars more. I think you're more of a coffee shop. Uh, person but we both like the other we both like bars and coffee shops or maybe i mean i just remember yeah so we'll talk about kind of the places we love across the state that yes. we love to hang out and i think we, we should do like a positive best of tennessee so again best of what we think so it's not actually the best of but it's what we believe and we'll make a little guide we'll have we'll, yeah, we we'll get our yeah, graphics we'll our guide guide. Tennessee. all right last topic real quick celebrities that are clinging to relevance keith I, Olberman. what keith olberman that's the obvious he, he should not I'm done with him and he just wants to be relevant so bad. Yeah. Heidi Montag for me, uh, she decided this week that she was going to hate on my girl, Lauren Conrad. And I'm like, Heidi, you have been toxic since 2003. Get on, get on out of here. I'm actually not as much um, rewatching the Hills. I'm actually more on her side. I think Lauren was really rude about her dating Spencer when apparently she, like when she dated Jason, she was like, Oh, I don't like him, but I'll let you date him. So like, I feel like there's a difference between not liking somebody to be like, I can't be friends with you if you date this person. That's okay. Spencer and Jason are very different. Spencer was so toxic. Jason was just a jerk. An alcoholic. And like, apparently like, like verbally assaulted women. So I don't think it was just yeah, that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Spencer was awful. And Spencer started. Oh, he's, oh, he's the worst. He's the worst. But like, still, it's like, if you support a friend, even if they're dating somebody you don't like, you're like, well, I don't like them. You can tell them that, but you don't say I'm not going to be friends with you. if You still date them. I just, I'm always on Lauren Conrad's side. And I think he must've done something to make her say that. So that's, those are our celebrities. Well, Ryan, that's not for this time, but okay. okay. <laughs> those are our celebrities clinging to relevance. There are some others, but one of them just revealed that she's very sick. And another one died recently that I think are really clinging to relevance. So I'm not going to talk about it, but, but what there, about the girl, what about the girl who insults all these people online that John Legend's married to? Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, yeah. She's clinging to relevance too. Yeah. It's all negative now at this point. That's yeah. Cool. She's all that's press like, good press is not true. No, <laughs> she, she called out all these people. And then as it turns out, she's as big of a jerk as they she's are. Awful. She's way worse. She's way worse. She told people to kill themselves. She's awful. <laughs> I'm so glad. Like, I don't like people being canceled, um, but I'm glad that she's not around anymore. Yes. I, I talked to someone recently who's like, actually, he's very kind of socialist. And he goes, I don't really believe in people being jailed for bad opinions, but I'll make an exception for blank. He was talking about a celebrity that I, that I won't get into, but he said, I don't want people to be jailed for bad opinions, but I'll make an exception for somebody. That's kind of how I feel about Chrissy Teigen. He sounds more like a communist than a socialist, but yeah, I'm not going to say they should be jailed. I just don't want to hear from them. So yeah, exactly. Oh, I love it. Love to hear it. Mark, you're next on my list. Uh, <laughs> have a good weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you later.